0: Blog Talk Radio. <laughs>
1: you to ask yourself if you're going to be ready for the coming new year. Uh, If the things that you have been doing this year and that you're getting ready to do in the coming year are going to make you a better prepared individual, better prepared to safeguard the freedoms and liberties that uh, we enjoy by virtue of living in this nation, better to care for, defend, and provide For your family, your loved ones, your neighbors, uh, in the event of any type of natural or man-made cessation of services. Uh, I've really been pushing this over the last uh, last year and a half or so because I think it's very important. Uh, I think that the events uh, that we're currently experiencing in the nation uh, may perhaps be leading us, uh, down a road where these skills uh, are going to be necessary, and even if they're not for that particular scenario, they're absolutely always necessary uh, in the event of uh, tornadoes, hurricanes, brush fires, earthquakes, ice storms—you name it. So we'd like to we'd like to talk about the things that you can be doing now. To ensure that you become better prepared uh, to meet uh, any of these challenges that you might face in the coming years. Well, I, in the show uh, prep, on the show notes, I wrote that uh, this last weekend we had a group of folks from the Central Texas Militia. This is a group from Temple. And they came to the Ghosts of Goliad. Fundamentals of Rifle Marketship uh, class we had this last weekend. It was a great class, and it always is. Uh, we've got some really great instructors. We have uh, some really uh, some really great material that we're putting out. And usually the folks that attend are some of the best folks uh, that you'll ever meet. And uh, these, these folks from the Syntax Militia were uh, no exception. They were uh, they were a, a, a great group of men and women and kids who would come out to uh, to make sure that their their rifle skills uh, were polished up and uh, to try and learn some some new skills, some new techniques, and they did. And they did a great job of it. We had uh, shooters uh, who ended up. Shooting to uh, the Battle Road, uh, Ghost of Goliath, and uh, and there was a huge amount of improvement uh, all across the board from all of the shooters who who attended, uh, from the uh, from the youngest one I believe it was uh, nine or ten, all the way up to the uh, the top edge of uh, the group, which was uh, around uh, I believe he was seventy. And uh, or maybe he's a little bit older than seventy, but every single one of them did a fantastic job. We shot all day uh, Saturday at the twenty-five meter, and we were trying to get folks to understand uh, the the different sections of the fundamentals of rifle marksmanship. Now, when we, when anytime I'm discussing the fundamentals on here for rifle marksmanship, I'm not talking about the basics. Uh, because there's a difference. The fundamentals are the things that you will need, no matter no matter where you end up. You'll need the fundamentals uh, if you're if you're going to be shooting at uh, tin cans, all the way to if you're prepping for a deployment overseas, or if you are uh, getting ready to take some other course like a SWAT sniper's course, or or if you decide that you're going to head toward the Olympics, you're going to have to have the fundamentals, and this includes. Learning how to build a uh, uh, the correct supported position, whether it's in prone, seated, kneeling, or standing. How to use your uh, the equipment on your rifle to swing. How to <clears throat> execute the shot by uh, a certain number of steps. And uh, and let me see too that that the fundamentals course that we're teaching is not. Uh, this isn't uh, a bunch of information that that we cooked up all on our own, and we said, "Hey, let's try it out on these test monkeys and see if it works." the uh, The information that you'll be getting the fundamentals are the things that have been worked out over the last 400 years of rifle marksmanship. These are the things that are tried and true. Uh, there's no there's no guessing whether or not this is a, a good technique, this is uh, a proper skill to be learning. These are these are all tried and true, and like I said, they've been worked out over 400 years of, uh, of firearms usage and uh, over 200 years of rifle marksmanship. <clears throat> so we're teaching the folks uh, how to get in the right positions, how to use your sling, how to execute the shot by... Uh, a precise set of steps. How to, underst- how to zero your rifle, and uh, and how to understand the things that you are doing to your rifle, Manip- manipulating the sights and the knobs and the uh, the stuff like that, uh, by instructing you on on the translation uh, problems for inches, minutes, and clicks. You know, inches, minutes, and clicks. Uh, pertains to a translation trans- uh, problem. You know, you fire your rifle and you hit the target, and you hit it uh, maybe an inch from where you want it to hit. But how are you going to? How is that going to mean anything to your rifle? You if you're just on the sights, because uh, normally your sights don't have a, a big uh, marking there that says "Move one inch this way." <clears throat> Normally, a rifle is set up in uh, in some type of minute of angle uh, formula. So, how do you get it from inches into minutes, and then into and take that and translate it into clicks that you can actually uh, put on your rifle as usable information? Well, we teach a we teach a section on that during the course. Uh, we teach folks how to shoot at the proper place in their respiratory cycle. Teach folks how to uh, uh, the the important things they should be focusing on during shooting uh, such as making sure that you're focusing your eye on your front sight on the reticle on your, on your scope or optics and focusing your mind on keeping that front sight or those uh, that reticle on the target. Uh, it sounds like a very simple And straightforward thing, and I'm sure that you would want to ask yourself where else would it be? If it wasn't on the target, where else would it be? Well, listen, uh, after instructing thousands of people, I can tell you that uh, a good amount of the time that front sight isn't on the target when the rifle fires. If it was, it would be hitting the target. So this is uh, all part of the the fundamentals program that we're going to be teaching. And we go through the uh, all of the instruction blocks on Saturday at the twenty five meter range, and that way, by going down to the targets twenty five meters away and coming back and and taking that that information that you just learned and applying it to your next string of shooting uh, then during the day we have we'll have breaks and we have a break at lunch, and we'll introduce uh sections of history sections of uh Texas war for independence history and also we'll introduce topics for self-reliance and prepping now we don't go we don't go deep into these topics because we actually have courses where we'll be where we can teach you uh some of these other things water purification fire starting stuff like that but what we want to do is introduce the topic to you so that we can make sure that you are thinking about this, that you're thinking about the the things that you need think about the things that you need to think about and uh, to do to become more self aligned so we had uh we spoke about uh, water, how important water is uh to your prepping list uh it's Fundamentally more important than almost anything else Because You may or may not uh, At some point uh, During any of these uh, Natural or man-made disasters You may or may not need To defend yourself or your loved ones But I I guarantee you You're going to need to take a drink of water And everyone else In your family is going to need to take a drink of water Every day So We spoke about water and how important it is. And we brought in, uh, and then Bill, one of the instructors, Bill Kronk, talked about uh, alternative power uh, methods to get you by in certain situations. And then uh, one of our friends came and and, uh, talked about uh, beer making. Now, you may or may not uh, think that beer making is important uh, for self-reliance, but even if it's not that important, It sure is good to have a a cold beer in a lot of situations. So I thought that was some great information. Uh, The next day, on Sunday, uh, we made sure that everybody that was going to shoot out to distance had brought their centerfire rifles and had put a good uh, correct zero on them.
2: And then we ran through uh,
1: several diagnostic uh, shooting tests And these uh, tests are designed, it's the old Army Qualification Skills Test. These tests are designed to show us where you're having, where you're still having glitches in your program. Uh, You'll be shooting 10 rounds in standing, 10 rounds in kneeling, 10 rounds in prone uh, in rapid fire, and then 10 rounds in prone in slow fire. And you're shooting at scaled-down targets. These targets are scaled-down so that when you look at them at 25 meters, you'll actually be seeing what the target would look like to you at 100 meters, at 200, at 300, at 400 meters. Uh, and, the, uh, and whether or not you hit the target or how close you hit to it or how far away you hit, hit from it, is still going to be relative because of the angle that you're shooting. You know, if you're shooting and you're you're hitting the target exactly where you're supposed to at 400 meters, if you're shooting the target at 25 meters and you're hitting exactly where you should be at 400, that means that other than putting the come-ups on your rifle for the ballistics, you're going to be hitting that target at 400 meters, okay? That's the way it works out. So we had folks shooting, uh, getting their rifles zeroed until uh, lunchtime. At lunchtime we had uh, uh, some more discussion, some uh, Texas history. And then we split the guys off, the folks off that were going to actual distance, took them over to the actual distance range and uh, set up, and we fired uh, at 100, 200. 300, and 400 meters. What we do is we'll we'll set up and then we'll fire uh, five shots from prone. Then we'll go down, we'll get the data from those five shots, uh, we'll measure what corrections we need to make, bring it back to the rifles, put those corrections on, and then shoot for record. And uh, we shoot at the actual distance, we shoot the same type of uh, skills qualifications test That we're shooting over 25 meters. That means you'll be shooting 10 rounds from the standing position in two minutes. Then 10 rounds from going from standing to seated before you begin shooting. It's a transitional piece. And you'll have two magazines, one with two rounds and one with eight rounds. And uh, when you get the fire command, you'll drop into the seated position, put a magazine in, work the bolts. Get your natural point of aim on the target, fire those two rounds, drop that mag, put a new mag in, work the bolts, and continue firing until you expended all rounds into the target. In the uh, third section, you'll do the same thing. You'll start scanning. but upon the fire command, you'll drop into the prone position with two mags, two and eight. Same thing. Put that two-round mag in, Fire. Uh, work the bolts, fire two rounds, drop that mag out, put the eight-round mag in, work the bolt it's been the remaining eight rounds into the target and for the stage two you'll have fifty five seconds, for stage three you'll have sixty five seconds. So this is uh this is a pretty rapid stage two and stage three because we want to see how you're going to be performing when there is the additional pressure of being under time constraints. And uh and it will put a kink in you. The last stage, when we got to the, will be 400 meters from the target, and you'll have five minutes to fire 10 rounds out of one magazine into the target at 400 meters. And like I said, each you'll get the data first and bring the data back, put it on your rifle, and then fire the state, and then uh, we'll go down and score it each time. And quite a few of the guys, I believe uh, four or five of the guys, once again, shot to uh, battle road uh, standards, which is four minutes of arc. And with four minutes of art, what we want you to be able to do is to to be able to put 10 rounds into the target at 400 meters in 60 seconds. And uh, and these guys showed that they could do it. Uh, all of the folks were keeping their rounds in the black uh, throughout the uh, the actual distance section of it. And they did a great job. So it was a really good weekend. And we've done this now for uh for, i think for three different militia groups we've worked with the uh uh with the United States military we've worked uh uh with several groups from the military including uh some guys from the e o d sections that were getting ready to deploy uh and then we've worked with uh, a couple of thousand civilians uh over the course of the last uh, few years. And it's an absolutely fantastic course. And if you would like to to uh, to get some kind of a uh, to work out some kind of a deal where your group, uh, and it can be a militia group, uh, it can be uh, some type of a prepping group or something like that. If you'd like to work out a deal with us where you will bring your whole group and uh and bring like uh twenty folks and we're willing to chop down the price. And listen, the price is already rock bottom. We're giving you two solid days of fundamentals and uh without any kind of a discount. The prices that we ask is eighty bucks for uh, uh for adult males, forty dollars for adult females, and then twenty dollars for minor children, and uh, we usually cut uh, a deal and uh, and don't charge uh, active duty guard, reserve, and law enforcement. <clears throat> so <clears throat> it's already a really good deal. And uh, if you want to put a group together, then contact me, and we'll be glad to uh, to talk to you. I'm not giving the group a uh, a discount uh, because we this is uh this is the the course that we do to give back to the community We're not trying to make uh money on this course uh we need to make some in order for us to to remain solvent and stay in business and pay the instructors who who help out uh to at least give them gas money but uh this is a course that we do mainly. To help out and give back to the community, so we're more than happy to work out a a deal with you on this. course, just uh, get in touch with me by going to the website, which is www.babelroadusa.com, and there'll be some tabs at the top of the page. One of them says Contact, (laughs) and uh, you can contact us through that uh, through that link and we'll be glad to talk to you about, about setting up uh, some types of discount. We're helping you get a group together uh, to come and attend the event. Uh, there's also a sign-up for a newsletter uh, under the same place. So if you'd like to uh, to get signed up for the newsletter, that will let you uh, stay in touch with what we're doing. We'll be able to send you out a uh a newsletter, ever so often. I, I don't know that I do it more than uh, uh, two or three times a year, so you don't have to worry about uh, getting flooded. <coughs> uh, but I'll let you know what kind of the uh, training that we have coming up. Uh, right now, we're looking at uh, another Ghost of Goliad fundamentals course in January, as well as a uh, Texas concealed Carry class that uh, that Bill Cronk is putting together. Uh, we're also looking at a uh, beef and small game processing class because it's uh, cool enough now <coughs> that, uh, that this is the time of year that I usually will process uh, beef and game because it's cool enough that I can hang it in the smokehouse at night without uh, without there being any worry of the other meat, uh, you know, getting rough. So uh, I'll, I'll look at the dates and uh, try and get the dates out to everybody on this on the next radio show. But uh, that's right now what we're looking at for January is uh, the fuel carry class where you can come and get your fuel carry uh, instruction and certification that you can send off to the state. Now, one other thing that uh, that we do to give back to the community is uh, we offer a certain number of slots uh, of each of the courses, including the concealed carry, uh, at no charge to uh, to educators. So if you're in the uh, education field and you are uh, a elementary or middle school or high school teacher uh, or a college instructor, then uh, then get with us and uh, we'll be glad to uh to convure, uh, the instruction portion of it we can't do anything about what the state charges, but we'll be glad to uh to do the instruction and certification process uh at no charge. That's our our uh our gift back to the community. And normally, too, if you're uh, if you feel like you're a little rusty with your concealed carry, what we when we normally do is we have well, I mean, with your uh, with your marksmanship for your handgun uh, for the concealed carry course, because at the end of the course there is a uh, qualification uh, section, which I believe 50 rounds. And uh, if you feel like you're a little uh, rusty with that, then <clears throat> we make a uh, like a half day of instruction available to all the folks, not just to the educated, but to all the folks. So make a half-day of instruction uh, available at no extra charge to, to make sure that, uh, that you're going to be able to pass the marksmanship phase of the uh, CHL. And then the no <coughs> Goliad course, uh, we're... We're trying to make sure that we've got the CHL uh, class placed first before we before we put to go. So go ahead, and then once we do both of those, then I'll be able to uh, lock in the the beef course. And then the beef course, what we'll do is we'll <clears throat> we'll take a uh, a beef from the field and uh, take it uh, go out into the field. We'll get the beef. We'll bring it in. We will uh, and process it from beginning to end, all the way from from it walking around to it being cut up and in the freezer. And uh, also what I'll try to do, I'm trying to figure out now if it's going to be a one-day course or two-day, because if it's, uh, if it's a one-day course, it's hard to get all of the stuff into it that I'm like. If it's a two-day course, I think we could actually get uh, the... Uh, I think we'd actually be able to get... Uh, more stuff into it including uh making sausage and uh and then maybe adding one to the beef by also processing a uh, uh like a hog and maybe some uh, small game like rabbits too it's one thing to be able to hit your target to hit uh some type of game, wild game out in the field, and it's another thing to be able to get that into uh, into some form that you can use it in, that you can eat it. Because there's a, uh it's not uh, it's not a complicated thing, but there are some definitely some things you need to know that'll make it easier on you. Uh, the safety things that you need to do to make sure that you're. You're processing it in the safest, uh, cleanest fashion, and then also uh, how to uh, how to cut it up uh, so that it's uh, in a usable form, uh, so that you can uh, store it and uh, and make the right cuts and stuff for for however you're going to, uh, however you plan on cooking it. I'd actually like to make uh, a uh, jerk meat class so that uh so that folks could come out and uh and learn how to uh process the uh the beefer game and then how to transform that into uh uh dried meat that uh, you know is going to last uh a lot longer uh, even uh, without uh uh being able to cool it down <clears throat> so i'd like to eventually add on a a course for that, and uh, if you got folks that are interested in that, be sure and let me know through the contact form on the on the website, because uh, uh, because uh, I, I'm uh, I'd like to provide these classes, but at the same time I don't want I don't want to schedule a bunch of classes if I don't know that uh, we're going to be able to get the, the attendance for them. Okay, so be sure and go to the website, com. get the, uh, uh, sign up for the newsletter, and then be sure and shoot me a note if uh, some of these are classes that you'd like to, uh, to see available. <clears throat> All right, uh, we... Uh, we also have some courses coming up that uh that I, I don't have some of the dates on it yet. We had a course uh 31 and uh, it was a 3% squared down communications course. And let me tell you the there was a ton of information put out during that course and I spoke with uh with Tom afterwards and he said that he really enjoyed coming down and teaching and he'd like to do it again so we're we're going to work out uh another course uh in the next couple of months and uh get him to come down again so if you guys and but the date hasn't been settled yet so if you if there are folks that are interested in this course and uh they'd like to come but you only have uh, certain dates that are available be sure and get those dates to me so that uh so that we can do our the best we can in scheduling the courses uh around dates that you have available uh, the information in the course was uh like i said it was just it, it was tremendously useful information on uh being able to to initiate and maintain communications uh during a in some in a a cessation of services type event. Uh this specific course was more geared toward a three percenters type uh, situation and uh <clears throat> the inf- information was extremely valuable and not only did we work on methods uh, of communication equipment uh making antennas uh using landlines et cetera we also uh had a good portion of the course that was uh pointed at using your communications equipment as the basis for your intelligence gathering uh program. You know how to how to listen to the stuff coming over the airways and uh how to unravel that information and process it and figure out who's talking to who, uh and why, where they are, what they're talking about, and what it means to you in a grid down in a 3% situation. And that, like I said, that information was extremely valuable. So if you have interest in attending uh, uh, one of the future courses that we have, be sure to let me know, and uh, we'll put together that course uh, in the next uh, couple of months. we we'll also have a course that we're working on with uh, Caleb Causey from Medics and John Hurth from Tear Group. And this will be... Uh, of course, uh, I believe that we're talking about a uh, uh, May or June date. This will be a three-day course, a uh, full immersion-type course, where you'll arrive and you'll go directly into patrol mode. And uh, during these three days of patrolling, you'll be learning uh, patrolling techniques, uh, tracking, combat tracking, uh, and then also combat medicine. Uh, first aid, and this course is going to be, it's a really great course because of the fact that uh, Caleb Causey and John Hurth will both be here with me uh, teaching it. Uh, That will be in a a May-June date, I believe. And then between now and then, we're going to have, we have our regular fighting shotgun course, which is a great course. Uh, Almost everybody here in Texas has a shotgun. And they say I'm going to use this shotgun to help me defend my home, and uh, that's great. And you should, and you should have a shotgun that you use for uh, home defense. But how many folks have uh, really have a, a good understanding of how to uh, to use that shotgun correctly? A good understanding of the capabilities and the limitations uh, of your shotgun different types, uh, uh, how to get the most out of it, uh, we'll also get you zeroed for your slugs and, uh, and we'll shoot a good number of rounds. We usually run about uh, 200, 250 rounds, uh, uh, minimum through the shotguns and, uh, and you will have a, uh, a much better understanding of the capabilities and limitations of your shotgun, uh, by the end of the course. Uh, we're doing the uh, pull handgun courses coming up. We've got the combat carving courses coming up. We're still working on a date for the uh, the precision rifle sniper. That may be uh, closer toward the end of the year this ne- this coming year. Uh, and then, if there are any courses that you would like to see that uh, that we're not offering let me tell you that we uh that we can uh custom tailor uh a course to you or your group's needs that means if you have uh you and your group say look here's what uh we're good here or we're good here but we really need some work on here we need some work on uh on Shooting and moving together as a unit, or we need some work on uh pistols, or we need some work on uh our carbine use, whatever it is uh if you'll let us know, we'll be glad custom uh design a class for your uh your group's needs and uh it can be anything from shooting to prepping to to uh, fire starting and uh, anything like that. We'll be glad to to work with you and put together a course for your needs. Any type of uh, 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 first aid, medicine course, anything like that, we'll be glad to work with you on setting it up. Uh, I'd like you to put together another five-day course for combat tracking with John Hurth and Tier Group in the coming year, if that's possible, because I'm telling you that the... the these skills uh, that you will learn, that you will pick up from a combat tracking course, are, I think, some of the most important skills that you can have in a in a grid down situation. Being able to understand uh, by looking at sign uh, who has been on the trail before you, behind you. Uh, what they were doing, how many of them there were, which way they were going, what kind of uh, 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 of health or attitude they had, what type of weapons they may have had. This is this is some pretty valuable information, and this is all stuff that can be determined by being able to decipher a sign that is left behind uh, by individual groups that pass by, and. Uh, I was completely amazed by the amount of information that you leave uh, as you're going from point A to point B. It will also help you understand the type of information that you leave behind, so that you can think about uh, you can think about altering that, right? So that maybe you don't leave as much uh, information behind uh, uh, that would help. Uh, Someone who was uh, who was thinking about uh, causing you grief, right? So uh, that's another course that we'll be working on. <clears throat> and as I said, if there's something that uh, that you don't see, then we'll be glad to to talk to you about custom designing one. Then April 11th, uh, we'll be running the next evolution of the Battle Road. Uh, zombie Destruction Biathlon, and uh, that's an event that we run, we run twice a year. That's the four and a half mile looping course with eight stations for a rifle and pistol along the course, as well as obstacles in between the stations. This course was uh, put together because over the years I've had tons of folks told me that uh, when the lights go out when the problems start up I'm gonna use this rifle and this backpack and these boots and, and this mag carrier and, and on and on.
2: And then I would always
1: ask them, I said, Well have you ever have you ever put all that gear on uh at one point and try to move around in it and stuff like that and they said, No, but it's it's the best gear that there is and while I'm sure it probably is it probably is the best gear money can buy. But is it the best gear money can buy for you? Is it, is it going to work like you need it to work uh, in that particular situation? And there's really no way to know unless you put it all on and you try and work in it. And very few ranges uh, really want to give you that opportunity. Uh, they don't want you to, number one, they really don't want to see somebody up there with all their gear on. It makes them very nervous. And uh, number two, they don't want you moving around. Okay, they put you in the box, you stay in the box, you fire one round uh, every uh you know ten seconds or so and uh and that's it. Well, we don't want you to do that. we want you to be moving we want you to be uh climbing over obstacles, we want you to be climbing under uh obstacles through trenches over fences over walls uh through uh, stacks of tires. Uh, we want you to be riding a zip line across uh, a water obstacle. We want you to do all this because we want you to see how your gear is going to, uh, uh, to function while you're doing this. All right. If you've got a uh, $300 or $400 backpack, that's great, unless that $300 or $400 backpack rubs a bloody blister on your shoulder at the end of mile one because this is only four and a half miles, and it's only eight different shooting situations. Uh, I imagine were the end of the world to manifest itself, then there could be a, there could be quite a few more miles than that. There could be a lot more shooting situations than that. But this is enough to give you an idea of how your gear is going to work. You can reach your pistol with your mag carriers on. If you can get to your extra mags, if you're if your gear is functioning the way you thought it was going to, if those boots uh, rub a blister on you, whatever, Uh, this is the only way to figure something out is to actually do it. And, to figure out if you have enough training. If at the end of four and a half miles, if you can't make the shot, then then you're going to be in trouble. Alright? If you can't make the shot at the at any point during this course, because of fatigue or because of poor training, it's going to show. You're going to see it, and uh, it's going to shine a spotlight on areas where your training is weak. And uh, you know it certainly this is this is done so that you can see where you need to start paying more attention. If you uh, if your gear is working, if your body is working, if you have uh, stamina if your shooting skills uh, are up to snuff or if, they, if, if you need more training there. And I can almost guarantee you that uh, almost 100% of the folks who attend need to spend more time shooting. Uh, and, and you'll see it. You'll see why when you do this. Uh, so that's going to be April 11th in uh If you would like to, if you'd like for us to waive your entry fees, and uh, the entry fees was a hundred bucks, Uh, and if you'd like us to waive that and you're willing to help out, you can contact me through the website, com. Go to the contact uh, thing up there on the top and let me know that you would like to work the event as a uh, range safety officer, and uh, then you can come and run the course with us on Friday, as long as you're willing to stay and then help run one of the stations on Saturday. And uh, your runtime will be included with the general uh, public's runtime, time, but uh, you'll run on Friday, and then you'll work on Saturday. You'll work with us. So uh, be sure and contact me and let me know if that's something that you would like to do because uh, we can always use uh, folks to help us man the stations. And uh, I think it usually takes about 30, 35 people to to man the stations. And then we'll get another uh, 70 or 80 folks that will come on uh, Saturday to run through. So be sure and contact me uh, through the website. And uh, and as soon as possible, if you think you're going to be able to do the April 11th run, and you can come on Friday and then stay and work on Saturday. And uh, we'll comp your... Uh, your run time. You'll still get the t-shirt and a free meal and you will be eligible for any prizes that uh, um, that we give out. Uh, and then we'll do it again in October. So, all right. Uh, that's, uh, that's about it for the upcoming training. But now what I'd like to to ask you and of course be if you uh if if any of you folks have anything you'd like to add to this then we'd be glad to uh would be glad to hear from you call us at uh 347 308 8790 347 308 8790 and add your voice to the discussion. Because what I'd, what I'd like to hear are the things that you have been doing, what you personally have been doing, uh, to help better prepare yourself uh, to be able to uh, provide for yourself and your your loved ones and your neighbors uh, in the event of a man-made or natural cessation of services event. Uh, because the, and we were talking about this, just this last weekend, we were talking about uh, learning to ensure that you have good, safe, clean drinking water uh, and other things like uh, fire starting, stuff like that. But the time to to learn these skills and these techniques is right now. The time to do it is when you don't have to light a fire with flint and steel, okay, where your skills with flint and steel uh don't determine who lives and who dies. The time to learn it is now. And uh there, there are plenty of ways to do that. You just get yourself a, a flint and steel or, or or any of the fire starting uh devices and any time that you have the uh you have the ability wherever you are to start a fire then you start it using your uh, your other than lighters and matches and uh, and teach yourself how to do that teach yourself how to do it with uh with dry tinder and dry wood teach yourself how to do it with wet tinder and wet wood and teach yourself now so that there there's not the the pressure of whether you're going to live or die because of it because you, these skills are not They're not difficult to learn, but they are absolutely difficult. If you're just going to break open that package for the first time with the flint and steel and say, okay, I'm going to start a fire now with this, uh, it might be more difficult than you think. So be taking the time now to learn these skills and techniques and be practicing them so that when when and if it should uh, manifest that you have to do this, that is not the first time you're doing it, okay? Make sure that you develop these skills. The way I do it is uh, I keep a flint and steel with me, and then any time I need to make a fire now, that's what I use. I use the flint and steel. If I'm going to make a fire in the fireplace, I do it. If I'm going to burn trash, Do it if I'm going to uh, uh, start the grill in the barbecue pit. uh, That's how I do it. I look around. I I, I look around and I find some tinder. I I build a spark nest. I strike the sparks into it until I get uh, uh, a glowing ember. I blow in the ember until I get an open flame, and that's how I start the fire. And that's really the only way that you're going to teach yourself how to do it is by doing it. Same thing with purifying water. How do you can purify water. Uh, it's the same thing with, with any of these skills. How to determine uh, uh, north using the shadow and stick method. How to uh, determine south using uh, your watch. Uh, these are all things that you should be... Uh, you should be teaching yourself how to do and practicing on a regular basis. Uh, and you can make a game of it. You can make a game of it that you're going to, uh, to try and master one skill uh, in the coming week. And after you've done that, then you're going to set yourself the goals of, of mastering another skill uh, the week after that. Uh you may want to set up some goals for uh, 2015. and say, "Look, I'm going to I'm going to teach myself how to can uh vegetables myself uh in January of 2015. And pick a weekend, go grab you some fresh vegetables, prepare them, and then can them. And uh, you'll you'll really be happy that you did this. You'll be really be happy that you learned how to do this." Uh these are skills that once upon a time uh, most Americans had some idea uh of how to do this. I've told you before that uh that it's only been two gen- in two generations that we've become uh infants uh without the ability to to care for ourselves. You have uh your grandparents who, uh, as my grandparents were still alive, and I, I rushed up to them and said, hey, listen, I want to I wanna tell you some exciting news. I taught myself uh, how to start a fire with flint and steel. Aren't you proud of me? And uh, the grandparents would say, well, that's good. Yeah, I'm glad you did that. But, you know, that's something that, uh, something that, that, at once upon a time, everyone used to know how to do. Everyone used to know how to uh, to to depend on themselves to do. So, in just two short uh, generations, uh, we have been we have gone from from citizens who could take care of themselves into infants. All right, so we should be trying to work on on reversing that trend. I see Ed says there's too many skills to learn. <laughs> You're right, there there are a lot of skills uh, to learn that. and there probably are too many to learn. But you don't have to learn all of them, right? You just have to become proficient in uh in several of the of the skills as many as you can in uh in order uh to ensure that you can provide for yourself and your loved ones. And uh, it's really not uh, as difficult as it seems. Yes, there's a lot of skills to learn, but you don't try and learn them all at once. <clears throat> you just uh, you just pick out one skill that uh, you're going to try and uh, master, and that's, that's all you work on, that one skill. <clears throat> uh, but... The other side of that is if you don't, if you don't uh, set yourself some kind of goals, if you don't say, hey, I'm going to try and uh, learn to do this or this, if you don't have any goals, then you're not going to be learning anything. So set yourself a goal of trying to become proficient. And you can start off with something sexy like uh, like fire starting uh, because that's always a fun thing to learn. And become proficient in that. And then, uh, and then move on to uh, to some other skill and uh, teach yourself how to how to do that skill. All right, so you don't have to learn everything at once, uh, but if you don't set a goal, if you don't set yourself some type of a goal, then you're probably not going to be you're not going to be learning anything because if you if you don't have it on your to do list and you're not uh, working on it. I guarantee it's not gonna get done. <clears throat> All right, so these are the things that you can be doing to uh to to make sure that you as an individual uh are developing the skills that can be used to provide for yourself and your family in the event of uh some type of natural or man made cessation of services in that but there's also things to to serve a greater number of folks. Yourself certainly, but a greater number of folks, other than your fellow citizens. And that's making sure that you are plugged in and that you are paying attention to the things that are going on around you, uh, especially Things like legislation that affects your your right to keep and bear arms, legislation that affects your privacy uh, for yourself and your your family. Uh, any of the of the hundreds now, now, Ed. If you wanted to say there's too many too many skills to learn, this is Ed, now this is your chance to, to pipe in on this because. <clears throat> there are thousands and thousands of uh uh you know of laws and and uh, legislation everywhere that uh that is making its assault on the uh, on the liberty the uh, the freedoms and liberties of American citizens uh, on a daily basis so this is a, this is a a portion of of your responsibilities that that can get, that that can become very daunting. But nonetheless, you have to do what you can uh, to stay plugged in and to make sure that your representatives are aware, the very minimum, of your needs, of the needs of yourself and your family, and the fact that you are paying attention to what they're doing and that you are making sure that you're letting them know that you're paying attention to what they're doing, and that the things that they are doing are going to determine whether or not you vote for them in the next uh, election cycle. Because that's really the only power you have other uh, than... That's really the only power you have. You, I mean... You know, we hear folks all the time saying that uh,
0: that they are going to,
1: uh, they're going to, uh, if need be, they're going to revolt in armed revolution uh, if the government doesn't uh, answer their needs, if they don't uh, pay attention to what the citizens want. And uh, indeed, you have a, uh, you have a, Responsibility to do that If it comes to that But before it does You have a responsibility To make sure that you're doing Everything in your power Uh To uh, To resolve these Issues In a peaceful manner In a peaceful legal manner So You have to stay plugged in You have to Uh Initiate and maintain some type of uh, contact and communication with your reps. And listen, it's not. I know that a lot of folks think that it's uh, that it's hard, or or it's or it's scary, or they they are they're not going to know what to do, or they don't know what to say, or uh, they don't know how to get, they don't know how to find them, or on and on. Listen, don't. Uh, don't fall for that. Don't let that stop you. Uh, this is something that this is something that we have to do, all right, all of us. And you're going to have to. Uh, and it's not difficult. It's not hard, because all you have to do is is get on your trusty computer and Google uh, senators and congressmen uh it'll take you straight to the page you need uh to find out their their contact information and then all you do is you either email them or you call them on the telephone and then when you call you don't have to worry you don't have to say oh man I don't want to do this because I'll have to be talking to this this uh powerful senator and, and I won't know what to say because I I can already tell you you're, you're not going to talk to any senators uh, except in some very rare cases, you're going to be talking to their secretaries, okay? And really, that's uh, that's actually a much better thing than talking to the senators because the real power uh, in that office uh, isn't sitting in the in the uh, the senator's chair. They're sitting in the secretary's chair uh, out in the other office. They're sitting in the aides chair that's where the real power is in that office because those are the people that talk to the people or that tell the the senator uh what they what the people want or or how the people are uh uh, are responding to uh legislation or uh the people that are uh, that are giving access uh to the people that want to talk to the senator. So those are the people that you want to talk to anyway. All right? Uh, You're going to call. You're going to talk to them. And it doesn't have to be any any, uh, type of uh, uh, complicated discussion. (laughs) You can just simply say, look, uh, I want uh, Senator XYZ to know that... uh, that I am a uh, an American citizen who believes in the Second Amendment, and I would like the senator or the congressman to know that that any type of legislation that goes against uh, the Second Amendment or goes against uh, my personal security, et cetera, uh, is going to be met with uh, with me being unhappy and me voting for whoever else is running against this person, no matter what the initials say for their name. And that's really all you have to say.
3: So, Sam, you ready to jump in? Well, I just wanted to say that that's one of the more important things you can do for your community is to become a little bit politically active. And you don't even have to do it with one of them nasty old senators or congressmen you can do a lot with your own county commission or your city council and uh, rest assured that when you put your message through to a county commissioner or city councilman uh, when he goes up to report to his political masters his uh, experience with you will come through and when he starts telling uh, that county party chairman or the state party chairman, hey, my people are getting restless about this stuff. You need to back off. Uh, He'll get a lot more traction than you do, so it doesn't hurt at all to go down to that county commission meeting and influence uh, that commissioner or mayor. And along with that, you can affect things in your community that people will recognize and rally around uh, it's very important to build a strong sense of community and identity for your your town, your county, your group of people that you're hanging with in you know, whatever fashion. And uh, it's a good place for you to band together and find people that think about things the way you do politically and, and uh, get together and cause some, some influence to be happening. Well, certainly... Uh, uh
1: I uh, certainly agree and, and all
3: politics all politics are local,
1: and you should be you should be starting out uh, with with everything that's local to you you know the uh, the political beast is uh there's like a like an elementary system uh by that i mean that that you you stick something in at one end and uh, it gets run through the through the beast and that beast uh uh puts something out at the other end and the way that you determine what comes out the other end is by uh making sure that you're involved in the process of feeding the beast of making sure that uh, you're involved in the process of 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 uh Making sure that you you are uh, determining what's going into the the beast's mouth in the beginning if you want most of the folks that are in politics they don't go straight from being uh, uh joe on the street to being senator so and so i mean they they start out uh, uh locally and they uh, they maybe they were on city council or they're uh or some type of uh city officer and then a county officer and they kind of like uh go through the the process of going through the ranks <clears throat> and the way that uh you determine uh what uh what comes out of the beast is by making sure that uh, the folks that uh, are getting elected to the city councils getting elected to the uh the uh county treasurer etc all of these things are the folks that that are needed to be there. All right, the folks that are doing the best job, the folks that uh, that are listening to these citizens, and and those folks, that, those are the folks that are going to eventually graduate and become uh, lawmakers. So, so yeah, absolutely. Make sure that you are involved in the process of uh, determining what the beast gets fed uh, to begin with.
3: Another thing about those local lawmakers, when you really have an emergency in your town or your county, those are the people that are going to be making things happen and run. Uh, all the nasty FEMA guys, they work through that local government system. And uh, if you have the right people in control to begin with, you'll be in a whole lot better shape. Uh, If things turn sour somewhere along the line, uh, those are the people that are going to be making the decisions, and uh, you know, deciding where the largess goes and how it will be distributed. Uh, And you need to stay in strong control of those people. And I have a county commissioner here who who really thought that none of that mattered, and that. None of her constituents' uh, opinions really mattered. How (laughs) (laughs) said you keep picking on me, she says. I says, it's real simple. I know where you live. (laughs) I didn't didn't threaten her or anything. I just told her, I know where you live. And push comes to shove, I sit down and pick it at the end of your damn driveway. (laughs) Right, uh, right. When when you're dealing with someone that you know and you can see on a day-to-day basis, uh, I got no influence with the state party chairman here, none at all. But I got a lot of influence with the county commission, and they're plugged into the political machine. And when they know I'm watching, you can bet that word goes on up the food chain through the rest of the state. <laughs> you can have a lot of influence that way. <laughs>
1: Right, right. And and as silly as it seems, I mean, uh, what Sam is saying is absolutely right. In a lot of cases, it only takes uh, just even just one person, even just one person that that they know is going to be paying attention, uh, that is going to be reporting back, uh, just that one person. Because in a lot of cases, a lot of stuff that goes on – uh, across the nation, in the uh, city council chambers, in the mayor's office, uh, in the school board elections,
2: there's nobody
1: there. There's nobody there but the, but the inside folks. And when that is the case, it gets very dangerous because you're allowing them to, uh, to do things that they wouldn't normally do, but because there's nobody to watch them or to give them a spanking for their bad behavior, uh, they just go ahead and do it. And uh, making sure that there are at least least one witness there uh, is a huge thing. And so that's kind of what I believe Sam's talking about, making sure that uh,
3: the single most effective thing that our local tea party does is that we've got two ladies, Uh, One of them is there at every single county commission meeting, and one of them is at every city commission meeting. And they know we're watching, and they come back, and they report independently. They throw it on the the Facebook page, and everybody and their brother knows really quick. And we have changed a lot of ugliness in this county in the last three or four years. Uh, you, You won't believe how effective... Putting that light of
1: day on those people is right.
3: They can't like right. because because, uh, because a lot of times they don't have it, and when they don't have it, they can,
1: like I said, they can. It's no different than kids and stuff. You know, when you got a bunch of kids that uh, like are sitting in the classroom and there's no teaching there, there's nothing going on. Well, they do whatever they want. They get up, they write dirty words on the blackboard. They, uh, you know, they steal stuff. They, you know, I'm not all kids. I'm just saying this is a possibility. But uh, all it takes is, uh, you know, is one observer in there, and they don't do it. And and that is the job of each of us uh, of us as American citizens is to be witnesses uh, to uh, to hold the representatives uh, accountable and then to pass on the information that uh, that we hear or that we learn uh, from these events. And that's what that's that's what we got to have uh the citizens doing. And we got to have it because without that uh they just uh, uh there's just there's some bad stuff that's gone on and uh so that is what is what I'm asking you guys to do is to to uh, become a part of the uh, of the process of making uh, making the folks responsible. You know there are a lot
3: of good people out there in this country, and if you can get them involved, you'll go a long way to making those bad situations never happen. The more involved the citizens are, the more accountable the representatives are and when they know you're watching they they just can't get away from it and if when you go to a county commission meeting and there are two people there, rest assured that commission is going to go wild and do whatever they want but let uh, see that the Ed is saying that uh the congressman's folks. Ignore
1: you, and you see they actually hang up on you. Now, are you being one thing that I do have to tell folks is that and I'm not saying this is you, Ed. Uh, I'm just saying that uh, that when you do contact your senators and congressmen, you have a duty to uh remain civil and to you know to speak to them uh politely and respectfully. Because, and like I said, I'm not I'm not saying you don't. I'm just saying that I have heard. Uh plenty of folks who were not, and you know even if they're even if they're in the wrong and no different than anybody else, if you call me up and you start yelling at me and stuff uh and you don't listen to what I'm saying or anything else like that then i I'm probably gonna hang up too because you know that that doesn't go anywhere but uh if they are if they are just arbitrarily hanging up on you uh i'm not sure what you do about that but uh i would figure out some way to get that information out somehow i don't know if that means uh uh publishing it somewhere or or you know i, I would just make sure that i was making that information public too is that uh, you know i call congressman so-and-so and i spoke to his folks and i was very polite about it and uh even though I was polite and asking them to help me do this or this, uh they still hung up on me. I'd make sure that I was giving that information out uh in public
3: some way in some something, form uh, something that I would recommend uh, when when the local tea party was playing with email and sending out information on email and giving people notices of meetings on email. We got nothing for results. And I won't say that it's driven up attendance at our meetings making this shift, but the number of people involved in the discussion has gone from 200 people getting emails to 400 people actively participating in public discussion of what's going on in this county. And I can look on there and I can tell. When those politicians are looking and listening, they're paying attention. When you get on there and say, you know, that rotten congressman of mine hung up on me, believe me, they're going to hear about it. And if you have an open political group uh, that you promote and, and public contact through something like Facebook or Twitter or whatever, those people cannot ignore you. When I go up but there they can, and tell them, but that it, but my it's congressman at, at
1: their own peril. <laughs> I mean, they can't ignore you, but it's at their own peril because, like you said, if you if you make a habit of uh, of getting that information out to the rest of your buddies, and then your buddies say, "Oh yeah, I'm going to try calling too and see what happens," and if they call, you call them and hang up on them, uh, and I'm certainly not going to tell anybody anything about. Uh, recording conversations because uh that's a very tricky thing and it may or may not be legal in your area so 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 figure that out before you before you ever try anything like that but uh you can certainly record it uh, on in written form and publish it you can uh, tell people that uh you know you called uh, congressman so and so uh, and and his staffer's hung up on you and ask uh, uh, ask uh, some of your buddies to call and see if it happens to them. And If it does, uh, then yes, by all means, uh, publish it. I mean, if you're in a small town or something, you can probably uh, get letters to the editor published uh, on it. You can probably uh, uh, you can probably get it made public in some form or fashion.
0: <laughs>
1: but the main thing is is making sure that uh that you're staying engaged and that you're making sure that they know because uh a lot of places and uh and certainly I I've, I I've talked to a lot of the staffers and a lot of the uh uh different reps not just from my area but from from several different areas and asked them how important it was to uh, for the uh uh, for the senators and congressmen to hear from their constituents, and if it made a difference, and they said absolutely, uh, and uh, I would say, well, you know, do you keep track of the number of people that call, or that you know, that are that are yay or nay for some issue, and they go, oh yeah, definitely, and uh, when it comes time for the vote, then the uh, then the rep will ask, you know, the staff folks, all right, who, how many people, uh, how many people have said uh, yay or nay or whatever about this and uh, there may be uh, you know there may be 20,000 uh, registered voters there in that uh, particular area uh, and out of them only uh, six at the most or something call in and uh, four are for it and two are against so now you have, you have six people representing 10,000 Uh and uh, sometimes on some issues, that's how it's called. So a person saying, I'm just one vote, I'm just one person, I'm just one vote, that's not always the case, all right? You calling in, you may actually be representing, uh, you know, a thousand, two thousand, three thousand of your fellow citizens uh, with your one call in because that's, that's how it works. So make sure that you are calling in make sure that you are staying engaged <clears throat> uh, and uh be it become part of some group uh doesn't have to be any big thing uh but become part of some uh, some other type of organization uh become a part of the key party become part of your uh of your of your uh political party. Somehow uh become engaged. Uh here in Texas we've got uh you know, you have all different types of of groups. We've got the open carry groups, we've got the uh Second Amendment groups, we've got the Tenth Amendment groups. Become part of some group and lend your assistance to that group. And it doesn't take a whole lot of time, it doesn't take a whole lot of effort, uh but but we, and we've talked about this several times. I've talked about it to you before that, uh, uh, you know, uh, many years ago, I thought that, uh, I thought that the fact that I served and that I went overseas and that, uh, that I, I, I thought that I, you know, I fulfilled my obligations, uh, to the country with my service and that, uh. You know, I'd done my job. I'd done what I needed to do, and, and by gosh, now I deserve a free ride. I I fulfilled my responsibility. But the truth is, the reality is, is that nobody gets a free ride. All right? Your obligation, your responsibility to ensure that the rights and freedoms that Uh, that we enjoy by virtue of living in this nation, your responsibility to safeguard them never ends. And it's a non-delegatable, non-transferable, never-ending responsibility. So put that in your pipe and smoke it. Uh, Nobody gets a free ride, and your responsibility never ends. And you can't delegate it to somebody else. You can't say, uh, listen, my my brother, he's he he reads that political stuff or or my dad, he's always talking about it. He knows more than I do or the uh, the guy at the end of the block, you know, he's he knows what's going on down there. I'm going to let him take care of it because you can't. You can't. The responsibility falls squarely on each individual's shoulders. So you got to figure out where you can get plugged in and become a part of the solution. You know, there's uh there are enough good folks in the nation, there's enough good folks that uh that that know the right thing to do and they're willing to do the right thing that uh in almost every case where we've had some type of vote if all of the people who who did know the right thing to do and who Got up and went straight to the voting booth and voted. That that would be the end of most of the nastiness that's going on in this nation. But but people don't. They they, they don't turn out. They don't vote. They don't let their congressmen's, their representatives, their senators know.
2: <laughs> and
1: instead, and I understand part of the process. That most uh, most of the conservatives and stuff, and, and probably most Americans think that. Uh, well, you know, I, certainly nobody would do X, Y, Z. I mean, it's, it's illegal, it's immoral, it's unethical. Certainly they won't do that, and I trust them not to do it. I wouldn't do it, so I know that they won't do it. Case after case, we've seen this not be the way things turned out. And those folks that sat at home and did nothing, thinking that things would turn out correctly, uh, they, they were part of the problem. So make sure that you're plugged in. Make sure that uh, you are doing uh, your part to ensure that the freedoms and liberties are safeguarded. And that's I guess that's about uh, as beaten as I can get that horse, right? Uh, You need to make sure that you're doing your part. Have you checked uh, the guy on... uh, the seven one two, number Sam. That, the, that's Mark
3: uh, up in Wyoming, and and he's just listening in on his ride home. Okay, all right. Well, uh, tell him hi. He's a loyal listener. <laughs> <laughs> we'd like to you guys. If you have some uh,
1: comments uh, or if you have questions, we'd like to we'd like to hear from you. Hey, Mark, how's it going? Good you. I'm uh, doing all right. Uh, how is the uh, the Wyoming weather today?
2: Oh, I'm down working in Colorado. Colorado's good, fifty degrees. Think every day like that we can get, huh? <laughs> well, it's kind of uh,
1: kind of cool and dreary here. Uh, but uh, I was just wondering if uh, if you had uh, anything to add to the conversation as far as uh, the things that you've been doing to. To help uh, ensure that you are ready to uh, take care of yourself and your loved ones, and to uh, to share the responsibility of safeguarding the freedoms and liberties that uh, that that we have by virtue of living in this country.
2: Uh, you was talking about city council and some of that stuff a minute ago. Years ago, I remember the NRA used to tell people they needed to get involved in that city council a little bit. Because they'll bring something up, maybe like Morton Grove, Illinois, did 30 years ago, outlaw the guns in town. And they'll bring that up, and if there's no pro-gun people there, three meetings, and they just get that passed, whatever they want to, while everybody else is just asleep at the switch. The guy really should pay attention to your city council a little bit better than what he does.
1: Well, do you go down and listen to them, or go down and uh, uh, monitor what they're doing down there? You ever go down and, and listen on them? No, I'm
2: not. I'm not working in where my city council is, but um, yeah, I have before. Guys have called me and said, "Hey, why don't we come up here and go up here tonight and uh, listen?" And bring something up. And hopefully, you've got enough people there to, you know, voice your opinion, make them look around the room a little bit, all the, hand, all the hands sticking up in the air. And, uh, I've seen them drop a lot of things because they are kind of already outnumbered, you know. Right. Well, stay at it, uh, stay warm,
1: stay safe, stay sharp, and, uh, and keep trying to do the things that, uh, the things that you can to make sure that you are you becoming better uh, prepared to uh, to weather any type of uh man-made or, or natural cessation of services thing and I hope you have a uh, a wonderful Christmas and an even better new year, Mark.
2: You too, Scout.
1: Thanks for checking in. Huh? All right. All right, uh uh Sam and I are working on whether we're going to uh be running a, a show on the twenty fifth. Uh and uh I don't know what uh I don't know that we've decided anything on it yet, but uh, uh if we do uh <clears throat> I'll uh I'll have it posted early enough in the day that you can uh, uh you can look on the uh the Road Radio site and see it as an upcoming show, and if we don't, then I'll post that to I'll post it. Uh, the next show will be in the in the new year. <clears throat> I want to uh, I want to thank everybody that has been listening uh, over the last uh, several years, and uh, and I hope that uh, that each and every one of you guys has a a wonderful Christmas and a uh, a happy New Year, and if we don't talk to you at the at the end of this year, then we'll talk to you uh, a year from now in 2015.
3: Sam, you got anything that uh, you want to add? No, just uh, maintain that hope, build your skills, build your confidence, build a strong community, and carry it on through into next year, and, and we will prevail. We will prevail. All right.
1: All right, guys, uh, like I said, have a, uh, a Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year, and we'll either see you uh, on Christmas Day or uh, in uh, 2015, all right? Until then, uh, God bless and keep you all, and uh, may God guide our hands in this as our cause is just.
4: All right? A spark to